Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Once more unto the breach, dear friends.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 219 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. Dude, are you going to be yeah. all right? You've been what? kind of persona non presente lately, and hey. I've been worried about you. I've been told it's a very nice size. What are you talking about? That's not what that means? No, no, no. Oh, no. No, I came down with uh, with the uh, I don't not exactly sure what it was. I'm not. I know it's not COVID. Uh, remember the days when you could just like get sick, and you know you maybe you had the flu or some people go go. Oh, do you got the flu? And you go, uh, yeah, maybe I got the flu. They go ahead yeah, and then they'd have like some expert opinion about why you don't really have the flu. I don't know. So we're just gonna say I got the flu or the penisquitis purge pathogen. I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Well, it was weird because the last thing I saw is you were posting some pictures on social media. You're having fun at some festival this weekend, and then all of a sudden you're dying. So I guess yeah. that shows you not to have fun. Uh, that's why you should never have fun. That's a lesson right there. I, now, I had a perfectly a lovely time uh, last week and through the long weekend. I took it took it easy, did a few fun things, and then I tried to die. And here we are. Damn. Well, I'm sorry, man. That's that's unfortunate. It is. But eh, what are you going to do? You know. Well, you could listen to some mustard plug. I would like that. I understand mustard plug is a cure for the penisquitis purge pathogen. That's what I hear, too. So uh, we have with us tonight, once again, uh, the mighty mustard plug from Grand Rapids, Michigan. We've got a brand new album, which uh, is coming out on Friday, September 8th called Where Did All My Friends Go? And uh, we opened the show with the title cut from that record. We will be speaking with Mark Petz, the alto, the tenor sax player. I was thinking of you, and I almost misspoke. Yeah, no, it's a B-flat horn. Come on, the we talked about The tenor sax player for Mustard Plug, uh, among other things, in a little bit. But uh, first off, uh, Gord, what pisses you off, man? Steve, let me tell you. What pisses me off is how expensive smoothies have become. I, I, I don't know at what point we experienced this massive smoothie inflation, but my, my lovely wife got me a smoothie yesterday in an attempt to put nutrition into my body in a bold departure from what else was happening. And uh, somehow, if you take like a maybe 49 cents worth of juice and you mix it up with another you know 58 cents worth of, of vanilla yogurt and some ice and whatever it's a ten dollar fucking smoothie what what god i'm so glad smoothies were not this expensive <laughs> when i had kids because i would have gone broke that would have been like a 40 dollar affair every time you had a soccer game or, or anything god what happened? Make my own smoothie. I'll grow my own tree, and it'll be less expensive. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I find that there's probably a little less sticker shock for me when it c comes to beverages because I do live in a world where the $20 cocktail is a thing. So I'm familiar with paying a lot of money for a good cocktail. So I, I guess like a smoothie almost seems like a bargain compared to that. I suppose, yeah. Also, a smoothie doesn't get you hammered. It doesn't. So, Although you can get the little different powders and stuff. Can't you get some ginseng and some yeah, they always some try rhino to... horn or something that will help you later in the bedroom, if you know what uh, I mean? And I think Yeah, I know what you mean. And I don't think that is an offering at the smoothie uh, establishment that I frequent. 
I, I don't. That, think that might be worth twenty that. bucks. I don't know. I think uh, maybe there's a Seattle smoothie establishment where that is on the menu. They always try to That's give right. you the rhino horn smoothies. It's funny you should ask about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, endangered species <laughs> smoothies is our specialty. Ask about our elephant foot waste baskets <laughs> while you're in. God, what a messed up world. Yeah. No, they always try to foist the, the, the boosts on me, and I always decline. I just mm-hmm. want cold fruit juice, perhaps some ice and yogurt. Yeah. But, God, at these prices, maybe I should go into the uh, the poached animal smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Steve? What's uh, what's pissing you off these days? Well, you, you may be under the weather and influence of overpriced smoothies, but at least you're not up scraping moss off your roof. Is that a figure of speech, or are you literally no, on top of... Oh. I, last Saturday, I spent like three hours on my roof. There, just, there was moss everywhere, which is a thing in Seattle. We tend to get a lot of moss because of the dampness and the wet most of the year. And so I get up there, and I just spent a lot of time like carefully trying to not abuse the roof too bad because I do have an aging roof. But, you know, sort of scraping and sweeping and cajoling all of the moss off the roof so that the roof would look nice. And, of course, that wasn't that was only half the job. Are you doing this just for aesthetic reasons? Because I think I would just live in a hobbit house. No, because the the moss gets under your shingles. It's composite shingles. And so we'll actually crack and fuck your shingles up long term. So you kind of have to deal with it. And so, there's not like moss mites that you can dump on there that eat the moss? No, there isn't like little zergs or anything like that that you can, that at least that I'm aware of. Darn. So, you know, and that was only half the job. Then you have to sweep that stuff off, and then now you've got to clean your gutters. But I knew that on Sunday it was going to rain, so I wanted to get all this shit out of there. And so I finally got it all done. Gutters clean, swept off the sidewalks. Everything looked great. And... uh I'm exhausted, just beat, go in the house. And uh, the next morning, I come back out to have coffee, and it had rained overnight. And I look up, and the rain had somehow it rejuvenated all the moss that was in between cracks that was <laughs> you couldn't see. And all of a sudden, there was just moss everywhere again. It was like, it's God like damn it. Stephen King story. Yeah, it was. It looked like the roof of Jordy Verrill. Very good. Anyway... So I kind of put out the request to the hive mind. Hey, do you know of anything that can help with this? And uh, had a couple suggestions for baking soda, just inexpensive baking soda. Powder that all over the roof, and I guess it dries up the moss and kills them. And uh, I won't. Ha- I can do it once or twice, you know, a year. So that's what I'm going to do next. I bought some baking powder, but the, the wait, baking off- powder, or baking soda. These oh, are different sorry. things. Baking soda. Yeah, I don't want to get fluffy, cake-like moss. Definitely. <laughs> no, anyway. no, you don't. So you're anyway, just changing the pH of your roof, huh? That, that really pisses me off. Spending a bunch of time exhausting yourself trying to clean your roof off and then looking up there and seeing moss all over it again. It's just frustrating. So, Yeah, that's not a that's not a thing down here. I mean, we do have to like clean our solar panels if it's been really gnarly, uh, like... A light rain through smoke or or something, but uh, no, no, no moss scraping. And you got roofs are really expensive too. You got to take yeah. care of your roof. Yeah, God, they're they're like made out of crushed diamonds and smoothies or something. Evi- yeah, evidently. 
That's that's yeah. my understanding. Don't, We're thinking don't about want to maybe buy a new roof. Next year might be the new roof year. We'll have to Oof. see. But, uh, I feel for you. Yeah, it's we've been in this house for over twenty years, and we haven't bought a new roof yet. So we're due. Yeah, I bought a new roof when I first moved in, and I got like the fifty-year roof or whatever, like the longest thing I could get because I did not want to have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, when you do it, I'll send you a casserole or something. Because no. uh, well, damn, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, well, why don't we listen to a tune, man? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, I dedicate this to my roof from Mustard Plug. <laughs> it's called Fall Apart.
right, once again, that was Fall Apart from Where Did All My Friends Go, the brand new release from Mustard Plug on Bad Time Records. And joining us now is the one and only Mark Petz, who plays uh, tenor sax for Mustard Plug. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm great. For a Tuesday night, uh, well, that's, that's the live time, right? Uh, yeah. We'll broadcast, whatever. <laughs> but coming off of a long weekend... I'm in, I'm stunned because I started a new job this week and I'm just like totally adjusting. What what a week for you, man! New job, new album dropping. This is a big week for Mark. Oh, lots of shows coming up. Uh, yeah. Videos. Yeah, it's a three ring circus. My life right now. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm a clown. I'm a big sad clown. <laughs> Well, as I mentioned to you off mic there, uh, I've been a fan of Mustard Plug for a really long time. Uh, I started listening to you guys uh, back in the Big Daddy Multitude days. And so uh, when we hooked up this interview, I went back and looked at my old CDs. And I was like, holy shit, Mark is all over this stuff. Scopocalypse yeah. Now, uh, Big Daddy Multitude, uh, you know. Mr. Smiley is going to be on my Halloween playlist like forever. That's one of my jams. I just always <laughs> love this song. You played on that. And then, of course, uh, evildoers yeah. beware. So uh, a lot of the early stuff. You were around as the band was kind of gelling, right? Yeah. You know, the early days, the early tours, the early lift from Moon Records, uh, Bucket at uh, yes. uh, the Toasters helping us get distribution for Big Daddy Multitude, our first real CD recording. Yeah, it was it was nuts. We were young and crazy and uh, you know, obviously on fire at that time, Scott was becoming a new thing again. It and was. in the Midwest, it was a real, real novelty in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there were so many great bands in the Midwest. You had like MU330 was around, uh, Park of Kings and Gangster Fun, also from Michigan, uh, Blue Meanies from Chicago, of course. Just a lot of really cool music all happening right at the time that I just happened to live in Ann Arbor for a couple of years. And uh, I was fortunate yeah. to discover all of that stuff. Yep. Yeah, it was a happening time. Some of those shows in Ann Arbor and the Detroit area were so much fun. We, there was huge bands and big lineups, and the, the scene in Chicago. Uh, you know, Chuck Wren, he's you know with Jump Up Records and mm -hmm. DJ Chuck Wren these days, and he would organize shows at the Metro in Detroit or in uh, Chicago that were just stacked. And uh, yeah, a lot of great memories in those days, definitely. Nice. So you left the band around the time of Evildoers Beware, correct? Yeah, we were um, we were doing some tours with that, and um, I kind of decided that I wanted to get uh, a little more income mm -hmm. in my life, which I mean, you know, <laughs> sure, like you somewhat, do, you know, somewhat somewhat bad timing because Scott kind of blew up the next you know a couple of years after that. But uh, yeah, I, I went off and got a master's degree and hunkered down in a small town on the family farm and, uh, you know, got an honest living and married my wife and had a kid and nested and all those things. And then uh, I never strayed too far from the band. Uh, you know, Mustard Plug has, a, has a, a tradition of playing holiday shows in Grand Rapids and Detroit and Chicago and... You know, whenever possible, I'd, I'd try to join up on those. Well, and I noticed you know, that also you played, uh, you would play some sax on some of the later albums as well, even if you weren't necessarily yep. touring with the band. Right on. Yeah, I got I got called up for duty a, a few times. I uh, can't contain it. Uh, for sure, got, I played on several tracks of that mm -hmm. and um, played some Barry on III. Um, so it was always fun, and, it, you know, it was always good rapport with the guys to 
be able to say, hey, uh, I noticed you guys have the holiday show coming up. You mind if I come and play a bunch of wrong notes? Sure, come on down. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, it, you know, it, it kind of never got too far away from me. Um, and then, you know, just before COVID, uh, Jim Hofer, the trombone player, wasn't able to make a tour to Australia. Oh, wow. And okay. um, they called me up and said, you know, we kind of need another horn because we're going to Australia. I jumped at it immediately because who doesn't want to go to Australia? And uh, so we played some shows over there with the Resignators, and it was like a whirlwind tour, five shows, five cities. We had to fly in between all the gigs, and uh, it was it was. <laughs> It was kind of rough, you know, you got to get up really early in the morning, go to the airport, land, go to the sound check, load in. Next thing you know, you're on stage, go sleep for five hours, rinse, repeat. Right, sure. And it was crazy. And then and then uh, we had COVID starting up right around that time. So as we were heading back, it got really weird. And then everything shut down. But, so did um, you play that last show then in Seattle with the Toasters? No, I did not. In fact, I haven't played with the Toasters since my original stint with Mustard Plug. So the fact that they're playing on our upcoming uh, album release shows um, is really awesome to me. Because, oh, yeah. you know, it'll be a chance for me to reconnect with Bucket. And, you know, I get, I'll pull out my 90s-style, extra-large, uh, box-style T-shirt <laughs> <laughs> with the Toasters logo on it that's like two feet wide. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a callback. But no, the last shows I played were the were the Australia shows, and okay. then uh, kind of had a conversation with Dave. After, you know, during COVID, it's like yeah. whatever you guys are doing, I think I want a part of this because the world's ending, and <laughs> you know, fascism is on the march, and the planet's burning up, and uh, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are on the horizon, and I should get back into ska. It's, you know big way so yeah well, that's so, that's how i kind of weaseled my way in and started working on the new album so that show right before covid the last thing i saw was mustard plug and the toasters at el corazon and then like three yeah. days later i went to a club show with our friend sorsha and after that that was the quarantine everything was shut down so yeah. you know yeah. Mustard Plug had like that was like the last live music i got to see for like two years so had to hold you yeah. over for two years. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so did you guys well, jump right into writing then the new album during pandemic? Or what is the, the writing process for Mustard Plug? Well, for this album especially, uh, um, you know, everybody was kind of off isolating okay. as one does during a pandemic. Sure. And I wasn't really in touch much. I was, you know, again, kind of off uh, living my country life and having the best garden I've ever had uh, and working remotely, getting paid to do nothing all day. Yeah. Um, but like uh, Colin uh, especially had, you know, been working on some songs. He pulled out, I, he just had time to, you know, pull out some riffs, work on new songs, uh, grab scraps from some of his side projects. Dave had ideas for songs and he and Colin were in touch about that. Uh, Jim Hofer, trombone player, um, you know, through that period really started nailing down what the horn lines were going to be so that by the time I got back into the fold uh, and we started working on this stuff, we had sheet music. Like we knew what we were going to do and oh, Jim wow. had worked out horn parts on a keyboard. Uh, we, we attempted to do as much as we could demo wise, um, you know, on laptops and, and trading files back and forth on GarageBand. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that, that was kind of a crazy period of time last year to get all of that ready to send to the studio to, to prep for the actual recording. 
but yeah, it was you know it was it was still kind of a group effort like that. Um, you know, the drummer Nate, you know, he worked on a lot of that stuff uh, remotely, and, mm-hmm. and and a lot of the the bones of the songs came together uh, during COVID, so that once we could rehearse them, it was just a matter of structure and be like this and should we throw in a synthesizer and what do we do with a keyboard if we want a keyboard <laughs> well uh, yeah i love the ketones <laughs> in this i and i i can never tell if it's like an actual keyboard or if it's the melodica or what it is but both vampire and uh which way is up have some really nice lines that totally add a great vibe to the tune yeah very different sounds, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think we stretched out a little bit on that. I mean, Rick Johnson had added some keys in the past, the uh-huh. songs, but I, I don't recall who some of the friends were that had played on some of those tracks in previous albums. But, um, you know, Patricio from the Planet Smashers uh, laid down a really funky, kind of off-kilter synth line on this uh, on this album. And, um, and then, yeah, Jim played Melodica. Um, you know, there was there was lots of contemplation of what new textures and sounds we could bring to this album. Well, what struck me is I just got my vinyl about a week ago, and I've had the opportunity to listen through it all several times now, and just how damn catchy it is. Like, every song is just absolutely an ass shaker, which is really great, because you don't always get that all these days. So, you know, well done on the songwriting front to the entire band. This This album is just a killer. Oh yeah, for sure. I think you know, as a as a sometime member of the band, I, I think it really follows our template. Yeah. But you know, I, there's also a there's also a growth I think in the songwriting that I can talk about as somebody who you know has been kind of an outside observer. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I think that the band took a big leap forward with in black and white, and I think this was another leap forward. And obviously working with the guys at the blasting room. and the Yeah, Bill know. Stevenson. I mean, talk about somebody who already <laughs> knows his way around a hook with the Descendants. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is the catchiest punk there is. And so to have yeah. that in the production studio, that, that's got to be a boon, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like it answers all the questions, right? Because he'll hear it and he'll say, you know, this is a really kick-ass song. Like, we've been getting emails back from him ahead of the, of the recording sessions. <laughs> and some of it was kind of surprising. You know, we might have been lukewarm on a song or something, but we brought the whole kit and caboodle with us to decide what were keepers and what weren't. And, you know, I think Fall Apart, which was kind of the lead song out of this with, with the video. Um, we you know, just listened to it moments ago. Galaxy 500, <laughs> when you opened the, the show with, yeah. was one of those songs that was like, eh, it's okay. But then by the time Bill uh, Stevenson and Jason Livermore and, and their engineers got their hands on it, it was like, wow, this is uh, definitely one that we want to, you know, come out of the gate with. You know, it's just, it's one of those songs that makes you want to drive over the speed limit. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you got <laughs> the chance to do a bunch of videos too to sort of coincide with the release of each single. And I, I, I got to say, Mark, your, your naturalistic acting, you, you'd almost think that you'd been hit by a car before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that was, uh, we, you know, <laughs> we're, we're always in this tension between do we want to be a goofy ska band or do we want to be just kind of more straight ahead punk and and it's hard to not flip back to a little bit of antics, which is, you know, where me getting hit by the uh, convertible <laughs> came in. And then uh, your very perceptive uh, music nerd 
audience members will recognize that as I'm laying on the ground, uh, having been run over by the car, and you know the drone is, is panning away from me from the, the bird's eye view, I'm striking the same pose that David Bowie did on his Lodger album cover. Really? I, that I did not notice. Right on. Well yeah. done. That's awesome. <laughs> or as best as I could, because he, you know, when he made Lodger, despite you know his hard loving, he was a lot more limber than I am. Uh. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, that seemed like the thing to do in that moment. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we love that video. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Jeff Hudson, you know, was, was the producer of that. Um, Dan Terpster ran the um, ran the drone, and, and Will Mosquito uh, did, did the camera work on it. And it was a bloody hot day, but uh, we had a lot of fun with that. A little bit of country driving, a little bit in the city of Grand Rapids. And it was kind of fun to watch the remarks on YouTube <laughs> of people who are from Grand Rapids. It's like, I know that area. Right on. Uh, Back so, to the roots. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, and I love the yeah. here at the Bone Bass Show, we're huge horror fans. So the sort of tip of the cap to mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre at their start. And you guys always have a little horror in there for you. All the way back to yes. Mr. Smiley, but also you got a song called Vampire this time around. A little something for us horror heads is, is always awesome. And it makes a lot of sense with Michigan being the home of Evil Dead and all. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah and it's a horrible place to live sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, you got to throw that in there. Right <laughs> we have a fair share of murder. Come on. <laughs> Well, that's, that's more Detroit, right? I mean, the Devil's Night and stuff. Oh, like yeah. That. Yeah. Never, never on the nice side of the state. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, we talked to the Acid Witch guys about that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, tour plans. What's coming up for you guys? Oh, goodness. Well, um, you know, so, so we've got four shows out of the gate um, that are our album release shows, uh, as I mentioned, with the Toasters. And we're also bringing in our friends from Orange County, um, Half Past Two. Oh, nice. And then we'll have some great local support so that's chicago detroit grand rapids cleveland uh, sunday night in cleveland you know it's going to be fun um you know we, and we, then after that um we just got added to the supernova ska festival lineup which we're super stoked about nice uh, just happened to work out with our schedule and, and one of their acts had some visa issues so you know we were able to get uh, added to that lineup on a night that you know, there, there'll be um, just an amazing array of bands playing. What is um, the date of that? And then that is the weekend of the 16th, 17th, 18th of September. Okay, cool. So it's the weekend after our uh, record release shows. Fantastic. Yeah. So, man. yeah, the 17th and, and the 18th. Um, we are playing uh, the West Coast for many dates. You know, working our way from north to south, from Seattle on down to San Diego and all points in between with Big D and the kids' table. Oh, nice. And Matamoska. Yeah, it's, I mean, those guys are going to be so much fun to be on the road with. Um, I don't know how long it's been since they've been out west, but it seems like uh, it's something that's a good public service to bring that band with us out that way. Nice. Uh, we're playing Fest, the Fest in Gainesville, Florida which is always a great punk rock ska showcase. And then we got more Midwest dates in November with um, the Something to Do Band, who are awesome, uh, playing Milwaukee and Minneapolis and Madison and St. Louis. Uh, December's got some East Coast dates. Um, first Columbus, and then we're playing uh, four dates with the Slackers in D.C. and um, uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and, and Cambridge uh, the week before Christmas. 
That's awesome. Well, it's going to be great to finally yeah. hear these songs live that you've been working on. So. Yeah. Totally yeah, jazzed we've been working about that, on, we've, Yeah, we're back to, you know, weekly rehearsals to tighten these things up, and, and it's they're sounding really good. Uh, we can't wait for people to hear the rest of the album in a couple of days, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, play them live. It's going to be awesome. Fantastic. Well, once again, uh, I hope all of our listeners uh, get a chance to see Mustard Plug Live this fall. Come on out. Come on out. <laughs> right on. All right, yeah. man. Well, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Mark, what pisses you off, man? Well, right now what pisses me off is uh, uh, hackers that uh, get a hold of your uh, debit card information. Oh, shit. So Did you get I'm hacked? In, well, I didn't lose any money, but I'm in that process of having to change every freaking uh, auto pay, password. Oh, that's the worst. Things. It's like it's like every day your payment did not go through. I don't know. I don't remember the uh, internet being such an evil place, but it's become very very dark now. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's unfortunate. Keep an eye on that bullshit. Yeah. Well, at least I didn't lose any money or have yeah. been held hostage or yeah. something like that, or my family threatened. But yeah, it's one of those logistical nightmares that yeah. pisses me off. Yeah, it should. Jeez. All right, man. Well, why don't you introduce this next tune? Yeah, so this song is, uh, you know, we talked about the melodica earlier. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, a few dub elements in this. I also found this, you know, in the past year, just because of stuff going on in life, that this was kind of my theme song, uh, which is weird that your own band's music would, like, be stuck as an earworm and then narrate your life. But uh, <laughs> why does it have to be so hard? which is the, the last song on side A, if you've got the vinyl copy and are following along at home. Uh, why does it have to be so hard? It's definitely the song that I think has got a little bit of different elements for Mustard Plug. And uh, yeah, stuck with me. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for joining us on the show, Mark. And uh, here it is, listeners. Why does it have to be so hard? So hard 
right, once again, that was Why Does It Have to Be So Hard from the 2023 release Where Did All My Friends Go from Mustard Plug on Bad Time Records. Thanks again to Mark for joining us on the show. Absolute pleasure to speak with him. And uh, I look forward to seeing Mustard Plug when they hit Seattle at uh, El Corazon on October 6th. So, Gord, you got any weird stuff this week? Yeah, I do. Uh, and it's going to be a shock. This story comes from Florida. <laughs> like many of them do. Like many of them do, yes. A uh, Florida man was charged over a failed attempt to cross the Atlantic on a giant hamster wheel. <laughs> what? Yes, a, uh, a Florida marathoner, apparently uh, this gentleman runs marathons, he's facing federal charges after the Coast Guard spotted him some 70 nautical miles off of Tybee Island, Georgia. He was in a homemade hydropod as Hurricane Franklin bore down on the eastern seaboard. Oh, shit. Yeah, so this thing, it looks like a big inflatable hamster wheel with some sort of paddle flotation thing strapped to the sides where you could run on it and it would turn the wheel and then paddle you forward. It's a bizarre, I don't know why it's a crime to do this, but anyway, um, Mr. Reza Bellucci claimed he was headed to London in the humans powered vessel and the criminal complaint that was filed against him describes him as being afloat as a result of wiring and buoys. Uh, when the Coast Guard officers told Mr. Bellucci that they were cutting short his manifestly safe, in quotation marks, voyage, Bellucci threatened to kill himself with a 12-inch knife. As you do when you're an inflatable hamster wheel 70 miles out in the ocean, you carry a 12-inch knife with you. They tried to apprehend him. Then he claimed that he had a bomb on board his inflatable what? hamster wheel device. Yes. It turned out to be fake, according to this Coast Guard. Three days later, Bellucci, who authorities have intercepted in his hydropod at least three times previously, finally surrendered. Did I read that right? Did, three days later? Wow. Holy cow. So they were negotiating with this guy in a hamster wheel for three days who's holding a knife and uh, is faking a bomb threat. I don't know what law that violates, but apparently the Coast Guard does. Uh, Mr. Bellucci made national news in 2021 for an attempt to get from Florida to New York in his hydropod, but he was washed ashore 25 miles later. Let that be a lesson to you folks. Uh, there's a lot of lessons really to be taken from this, but I think first and foremost is just don't be a dumbass. <laughs> I have so many questions. How long did he expect it to take to go from Florida to London? How do you have enough food in your hydropod? Food. And, and how warmth. is the food stowed? The yeah. Warmth? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like is the food, food just in a ball that's in the ball that as he runs in it, it just bounces around with him? Was it open on the ends? Is that how the oars or flippers or whatever they are are able to move back and forth? Like, no. Is it... Is it, it looks, air permeable? It looks, How's he getting it's oxygen? Air permeable. It looks more like a like a spool of thread shape, the way it's all pushed together. Wow. Like the inflatable bits in the middle, and then like the buoy paddle wheels are Did on the sides. Did he have a seat, or was he running? No, he's running. It's it's <laughs> it's a hamster wheel, man. You don't take That's a seat I, in a hamster wheel. Thinking. Well, yeah, but then 
How are you not getting hit in the head by your ice chest? I don't know. Maybe you freaking are. And that's why you decide to threaten the freaking Coast Guard with the bomb for three days because you've taken one too many blows to the head from your food supply. That could be. So you're going all the way to London. Uh Takes however many weeks. And so you've got to worry about having enough food and enough supplies to get there. But you've got enough room in your luggage for a fake bomb? Maybe a fake bomb doesn't take a lot of space. You know what else is is awesome is the fact that the Coast Guard had nothing better to do than sit there with this dumbass while a freaking hurricane was roaring along. Oh, I think they probably did, hence the charges. (laughs) I think that they probably should have just said, all right, on your way, sir, fine. England's (laughs) that way. Here, have this shark and a couple of jellyfish. Don't call us. <laughs> Maybe he would have made it. Why Why stop in this guy's dream? Maybe he was not going to make it. He couldn't even make it to New York. He went 25 miles and got washed ashore. Yeah, well, it's hard to get to New York. It's a lot easier to get to England. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's Gord's weird stuff. Cool. Stay out of the hamster balls, people. Leave your hamster balls alone. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. All right, well, why don't we uh, listen to another tune? Let's let's think about that while we listen to another tune, Steve. All right, uh, this is one of your favorites off the new album, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I like this one because I like blood-sucking animals. It's <laughs> Vampire.
Hey, this is Mark from Mustard Plug, tenor sax player. And if you want to get really weird with some weird pop culture, you're in the right place, the Bone Bat Show. Check it out.
right, once again, that was Vampire from Where Did All My Friends Go? Mustard Plug 2023 Bad Time Records. Again, you can find their work at mustardplug.com or at mustardplug.bandcamp.com. And then following that, I couldn't resist doing another tune, so another season spent in exile from the same record. Gord, you got any multimedia triage this week? What have you been digging on? Steve, I do. I have a lot. And the way this segment of the podcast usually works is I go first because I'm impatient. And if you try to talk, I just talk over you. So I go first. But I think we should start with you because I see from your notes that you watched Black Demon, which I recently watched. Oh, my God, what a film. Tell me what you thought of this film, Steve. Uh, so, Black Demon uh, is a film that you can find currently on Amazon's Prime Video Service. Uh, it is a movie directed by Adrian Grunberg in a star vehicle for Josh Lucas, who you may remember from Ford vs. Ferrari, and I guess he's on Yellowstone, which I don't watch. He's a character actor that's been in a lot of things, often a villain. Uh, and uh, it was a film that was very similar to, I think, what you mentioned about Meg 2, that it seemed to be primarily geared towards the Latino markets, being as Josh Lucas seems to be about the only gringo actor in the film. Oh, <laughs> I'd just like to point out that I didn't say that the Meg 2 was made for Mexican audiences. No, I Chinese did point out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. As long as we're clear on that. Made for non-American audiences. Or, sure. Well, not necessarily. You well, can primarily. make money both places. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a story of this guy who is a oil rig inspector, and he's going down to inspect this uh, terribly dilapidated oil rig off the coast of Mexico somewhere whose waters are currently being haunted by an enormous shark. And uh, craziness ensues. Frankly, I found it to be a mediocre film at best. It was watchable, but it wasn't good by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination. Now, what did you think? Well, okay, look, I love the Meg, the Meg 2, Sharknado, all of that stuff. This movie was goddamn terrible. (laughs) I mean, this movie was so terrible. It was so bad. It was bad. There were so many lines. If I would not have been watching this with other people and laughing at the film and quoting lines right back at it as it went along, I would have turned it off. (laughs) When he delivers the line, someone says something about his pretty red shirt and he turns and goes, the shirt is burgundy. (laughs) Just about (laughs) fucking puke laughed. Oh, so terrible, this movie. Yeah, yeah this, uh, so the, the guy, he's inspecting this oil rig for reasons we don't need to go into here because yeah, I hate to spoil you may want to watch this. Uh, his family ends up joining him on the oil rig with his wife, who he's having problems with, and his young child. And, of course, his young child spins like half of the film splashing around in the shark right. waters. In the demon like, shark. These are the shittiest waters. parents ever. Truly. Yeah, there, there's a lot of bad parenting in this movie. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I if you love shark movies, you might get some enjoyment <laughs> out of it. It's this will cure good, you. <laughs> so fix that. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I think you could probably avoid this one. Yeah. Okay. Just because of the, the position of the moon or, or the, the fates or what have you, I've been watching some raunchy comedies lately. And, uh, you know, I started out with Joyride earlier this summer, which mm-hmm. I loved. I recall that. And uh, this time around, 
I watched Strays and Bottoms. And Strays is this movie that if you've gone to the theater, you've seen, they've been playing the previews for uh, approximately 29 months. It's the dog movie. Yeah, it's a rude-ass dog movie. And, yeah, yeah it it looked ensemble cast. The, and the, yeah. I was not planning on seeing this movie. My wife wanted to see it, so I dragged her to a lot of stuff she doesn't want to see. I, I happily went along. But you, you know the setup. I mean, if you've been in a theater, you know the setup for the movie. Is there some dirtbag guy, and he's got a dog, and he tries to get rid of the dog. The guy smokes weed and masturbates to porn. The dog decides he's going to get his revenge by going back to the guy who's abandoned him and biting his penis off. That's the setup. You know this because you have been in a theater. <laughs> right. It's right there in the trailer. It, yeah. It's not surprising. The so, red um, band trailer. The red band ad. trailer. Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't say penis. So... Imagine my surprise. I thought I was going to have another one of these stories for the podcast where I talk about, you know, people don't know how to go to the movies anymore because in front of us appeared when we sat down during Berea Menudo's little talk, Berea Menudo's, <laughs> uh, there was a family with young children that had come in to see this movie, a mom, a dad, and then the oldest was maybe 10. And then there was like a like a four-year-old and a six-year-old. So they sit down, and my wife and I start just nudging each other like, oh, my God, what's up with these parents? I mean, God. I've, I let my kids see things that other parents that let them their kids see, but I would not have taken my four-year-old to the this dick bite-off uh, movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so at first we're thinking bad parents, but then the previews start. Inexplicably, the previews that they showed for this before this movie – were like a collection of red band trailers for horror movies. Oh, shit. <laughs> and one of them was The Nun, which the first time I saw it, the trailer scared me. And I'm I'm a horror movie guy. The trailer scared me. And I go, oh, my shit. I, I told my wife, I'm like, I know you don't want to look at the screen because you don't like scary movies. Just watch what happens with this little girl because I'm a sadist. And the jump scares, of course, you know, first one just drives the little girl into her dad's lap. And then the second one, she, she's like trying to like crawl like physically behind him. She's so terrified. The little boy's sinking down. And then they have the exorcist preview, which is two small children that have been taken over by a demon. And the kids are terrified. And the little girl started to do that. I don't want to be here kind of thing. And then. In the next the next preview is the you know expendable 16 or whatever the shit's coming out <laughs> which and it's not a red band trailer but it's got the you know Megan Fox rolling around in a bra with with Jason Statham and so the mom goes to cover the one kid's eyes because I, I get that's the thing she doesn't want her kids to see whatever and he's trying to see and the the 10-year-old is into it and the little girl's just she's still like not into this at all and my wife and I are just busting up, thinking, okay, well, you know, the movie's about to start. The parents do not realize probably what they've gotten into. No, there's one more trailer. It's for Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, no. Oh, my Jesus. I am ready to pee myself. The girl is so scared now. The, the boy, you can't even see him at all. He may be under the seats. 
the the oldest kid, he's kind of into it. He's like, this is not what we usually get to watch. So the kids are properly terrified. The parents are doing the the like negotiating, like, oh, let's you know, soon the movie's gonna start, kind of thing. My wife and I are just losing it, and the movie starts up, and it it begins, and it's immediately like right off the bat. Every other word's the f word. The guy's smoking weed out of a bong while he's jerking off on the toilet. It is clearly not made for children. And then you can see the negotiations starting to happen. We're crying. We're crying as these parents are like realizing that they have made a terrible, terrible mistake. And they're making promises to get the kids out of the girl. She wants to be gone. The little boy, oh, I'm not sure where. Yeah, the little girl, she's like up, up, back in the theater. This is it's gross. It's weird. She doesn't know what's happening. She's already been terrified. The ten year old, he still wants to see this, and and so then the mom's got to like try to talk him out of the theater. Oh, it was a it was just a wonderful display of whoopsie daisy with the parents. So people out there, maybe do a little research before you take your your little <laughs> kids to the movie. Uh, Common Sense Media is a good resource. It'll kind of tell you you know how much the, the various stuff you might expect to see in the movie that said <clears throat> god i sound like somebody else when it's like listening to somebody else podcast i feel like i should adopt an accent that said let me tell you steven uh the movie made me laugh a lot i was not prepared for the movie to be that funny and granted i was primed already laughing my ass off but uh strays you don't necessarily have to see it at the theater but if you want to laugh you should see this movie maybe see it at home i feel like the parents like saw a trailer like absent-mindedly and thought that this was like homeward bound or one <laughs> of those movies that was like a kid's movie yeah i think so at first i thought they were just being bad parents turns out they were good parents who made a bad decision i was like wasn't there another movie kind of like this with uh, animated pets and it's like what they get up to when the family is gone all day and it was a bunch of comedians that did the voices. Yeah, but that was an animated cartoon. This was live action. This is more like that movie Ted with the teddy bear. That well, yeah, was... but if you don't really pay attention, then you think it's like, oh, these pets make friends and they're trying to get home or whatever. That, yeah, they I think totally they missed the, the whole penis biting thing. <laughs> right. The whole dope smoking, porn watching, <laughs> penis biting aspect that was right out there on front street yeah was, was missed by the parents Clearly. so kudos to you parents for <laughs> realizing you've made a horrible mistake cutting your losses that poor little girl's probably still sleeping in her parents bed she's gonna need <laughs> therapy yeah uh, so another crude comedy i just saw was more more indie it was it had nobody in it that i recognized also Really funny. It was called Bottoms. It, this was a better movie than Strays by far. It's a teenage sex comedy. It's the movie you've seen before, except it's two girls that are lesbians that are trying to get laid instead of, you know, a group of boys that's trying to get laid before they graduate. You've seen the setup before. The difference is this one, they decide to impress their crushes by starting an all-female fight club. And uh, it stars Io Adebri. And Rachel Sinat. Yeah, so um, uh, Io Edaberry, if that's her, how you oh, pronounce it, um, she is in The Bear. Okay. So she, I've just seen her, you know, on several episodes of that, two seasons worth, which is how I know her. Okay. I have not watched The Bear. Is she funny in that or is she... Is, no, is, she's uh, very serious. She's like a neurotic, very serious uh, sous chef. 
So oh, it's like well, a totally different role, I think, than what you're describing. Well, she was neurotic in this, so I mean, I guess not too far afield. Okay. Yeah, really funny, and unlike uh, some of those other movies, a lot of violence, a lot of comedic violence, comedic violence galore. Also, a uh, football mascot with the most gigantic penis I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, really funny. You should definitely make an attempt to see Bottoms. I saw it in a theater. I had to go out of my way, not my regular theater. It's not. I think it's probably not playing in the, the main ones, more in the indie ones. Uh, art house theaters, I think they're called. But and if you can't see it when it's in the theaters, you got to watch it if you want to watch raunchy teenage sex comedy. And you knew you do because Steve, yes. there's this guy in this movie. I think you're familiar with because he was in that episode of Murderville, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, he's a really funny dude in this. Uh, that guy can can make you laugh. Right on. Uh, what else? Uh, <clears throat> And then I finally watched The Invitation, which I think you watched like a year ago. Yeah, the vampire thing? Yeah, straight up gothic vampire horror. I don't know why I expected this movie to be marginal. It was it was really good, I thought. Yeah, it was okay. I liked it. I, I thought it was better than okay. I thought uh, if you want to watch gothic horror, this, this hits all the right notes. And um, you should check it out. Uh, what else? Finally, as you mentioned, I was seeing some bands. Uh, I went to Chalk It Up in Sacramento, which has been called the most Sacramento thing in Sacramento. Okay. Uh, it's where they, they raise money for high school uh, music programs by uh, having a big festival at a park. And there's a lot of chalk art on the sidewalk, on the perimeter of the festival, vendors in the middle, and live acts all the damn time. I had to get my... Brody's fix on as I do every year. Watch the Brody's play. Uh, two of the members of the Brody's are in the nickel slots who've been on this show about a dozen and 80 times. Brody's are more of a, a straight ahead rock and roll outfit. And then I watch Coco Leilani live, who I, I enjoy listening to. I was psyched that she was actually going to be there. I wasn't even I wasn't even aware that she was from Sacramento. And uh, her live set is better than her studio stuff so if you get a chance to watch coco leilani live by all means uh do so very cool uh, that's and that right there that's what i've been grooving on steve okay uh the only other thing that uh, we've been watching lately have you seen that series from that is making the rounds right now it's uh i guess on what was formerly epics it's now mgm plus i'm watching the spanish version it's called they oh okay so the okay. series is about uh, this family who gets, they're driving their Winnebago on vacation and they get stuck in this town. And once you get stuck in this town, you can't leave. And every night when it gets dark, monsters come out and kill everyone that isn't securely inside of a home with a sort of amulet over the door protecting them. So very much a Stephen King vibe to it. The interesting thing that I found out about it is it was uh, put together by a number of uh, expats from the show Lost. Uh, Jack Bender uh, directed a bunch of episodes. He was one of the directors from Lost. Uh, but importantly, uh, part of it was written by Javier Grillo Markswatch, who you may remember from a short film called Reverse Parthogenesis that played at the 2013 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. 
That's fantastic. So, Hopefully, uh, 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 unlike Lost, they'll actually have a plot that comes to some sort of conclusion yeah, and makes sense. well, we'll oh. see. It already has the telltale smackery of we're not going to tell you a whole lot about what's going on and it's being pieced out to you. Like, where are they? Are they in a pocket dimension? Are they actually on Earth? Who fucking knows? Who are these monsters? Who fucking knows? Why can't they get out? Is there a way to escape? Who fucking knows? It's tense and it's entertaining and watchable so far, but I can already feel like if it doesn't make some progress and try to go somewhere, I may lose interest in it. Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than wondering how it's all going to come together and at the end you find out the writers have no idea either yeah <laughs> like so and then we ran out of budget the end we're seven or eight episodes in right now and there's a second season after this so we'll see uh, so far it is entertaining but uh it's getting a little bit of side eye from me already <laughs> and uh that's about it so uh why don't we listen to one more tune and we'll wrap this thing up man you can let's get some do rest. it yeah ice right. my throat why don't we check out uh, another one from Muster Plug and Where Did All My Friends Go? Which way is up?
All right, once again, that was Which Way Is Up from Mustard Plug and their brand new release on Bad Time Records, Where Did All My Friends Go? Pick it up now at finer music stores near you or from mustardplug.com. Thank you again to Mark from Mustard Plug for joining us on the show. Also, thank you to Gord for pulling it together, man. Bravo. Hey. This can't have been easy. I appreciate you. I've done harder things. Wait, what? Uh, our usual bullshit you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com there's new content on bonehand.com every once in a while it's also the home of the heavy half hour and you can find my stuff at mightywombat.com I'm also on the Instagram and uh, the Facebook so look for me over there we also have a Facebook page where we feature New albums by bands we featured on the show. Shorts that don't fit our festival, but we'd like you to see. Sweet deals on video games. All kinds of fun stuff, so check that out on Facebook. Also, uh, we are Bone Bat Show on Instagram, so you can keep an eye there for uh, festival-related stuff, which is going to start coming fast and furious. Uh, currently, our call for submission is open for 2024, so if you have a film... A comedy and or horror film which you'd like us to see or perhaps be on our screen next april 13th in seattle uh shoot it over we would love to see it on film freeway uh, again april 13th 2024 at Sif cinema egyptian is where the next bone bat film festival will be our 13th edition so uh more news on that front will be coming soon thank you again for listening if you like what we do please spread the word and tell a friend Otherwise, uh, that's it for us. Uh, We're going to do one last tune, doing what we do from Mustard Plug. I hope you enjoy it. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one, even if I sound like the guy from the Mighty Mighty Bostones. Pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up. If all this conference
chance and take a vow Everybody wants a piece of it and I'ma show you how With a little imagination what we know Everybody let's say We gotta make a change now Take a chance and take a vow Everybody wants a piece of it and I'ma show you how With a little imagination what we know Everybody let's say We gotta make a change now Take a chance and take a vow Everybody wants a piece of it and I'ma show you how With a little imagination hurts when I laugh.